Hello, welcome to another edition of the QPR podcast, Open All Ours. There's not really a lot to talk about because news and everything else will probably overlap us. And this is going to be going out Thursday. So we've got the game on Friday, which we'll talk about. We'll talk about Warburton. We'll talk about how this season's gone from almost to, well, nothing really, as in we're not going to get into the playoffs. And we'll be over enthusiastic about what we really were, have, have we found a natural pace, all that sort of stuff. But anyway, I'm, I'm joined by Simon, who's known as Clash Boy on Twitter. Hello, Simon. Good evening. How is everyone? All right. Well, no, but so, for anyone who doesn't know, the reason why I'm saying Clash Boy is because not because I'm struck with Court. Co- your name is Courtland. Co- yeah, yes. Right. Yeah, thank you. But you do the most, anyone that hasn't realised, Simon does the most amazing photographs of London in the morning. And um, when I'm, I recommend you go on his Twitter feed which is Clash Boy, and just look at the photographs. of It'll remind you of London of your youth when you're coming home from clubs and you're coming home from the pub. Am I right or wrong, Simon? Thanks very uh, much for that. That's very, very kind. That's true. There's, there's, no, there's no lie But We've also joined. Now, he's young, and he's probably going to speak more sense than us old fuggies. Sam Taylor from our generation. How are you, Sam? Hi, uh, all good. Thanks for having me. You're smiling. We'll soon freaking change that in this podcast. <laughs> I can tell you, kind of. And we're joined. Now, I'm pretty sure there was a hat-trick scored by this man at Goodison Park. And it might have been over an Easter weekend. Bradley, am I right or wrong? Did you manage to score a hat-trick at Goodison? I think you're right, Finn. Yeah, back in the day for the hours. Um, that was uh, one of a couple of hat-tricks. That was fortunate to uh, to score for, uh, for the great team. Do you remember it? I do. Yeah, still still got both both those match balls. Both deflated a little bit. They got some uh, faded autographs on it as well, but it's uh, it's a treasured keepsake. We remember what year that was, Bradley. I like think ninety four, five, five season, I believe. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know? I always liked about you, Bradley. I'm not just saying because you're on the podcast, but every time you scored, you could see you properly enjoyed it as well. It's like all the weeks, all the torture, all the injections to make sure you were fit to play. All the injuries behind you. You always seem so pleased just to be on the pitch. Well, I, I think it's one of the greatest things any professional footballer would tell you, the emotion of that um, and the opportunity to do that. Something you've dreamt about as a, as a young boy, you know, coming through, playing for the Ars as a youth team player and that, that chance in the first team and then to score a few goals, as I was lucky enough to do, um, at Loftus Road and obviously uh, in away venues as well and, and that hat-trick that day at Goodison something that I'll, I'll never ever forget Finn it's a wonderful mm. feeling one of the greatest well do you know I remember it as well because I just started well I just started driving I got lost and had to follow an Everton fan up there I was in my old Rover 213 and he went to visit his mum and it was a bit annoying because I followed him to the house and the he was going to and he's like, I wondered what you're up to because I've lost it way. So they ended up bringing me in and having a cup of tea and some biscuits and a chat and then we walked to the ground together. So I'm glad I didn't see him after the game. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was it was then, we never knew what, what was going to happen. I think that QPR side, we knew how good it was. 
we had our victories, we had our, our dreams, we had our hopes. But when you look back at it, flipping hell, Halcyon doesn't even cover it, does it, Simon? I mean, we, we feared no one, did we? It's, it's still my greatest. So that's, I've done that full season as well. It's the only year I've ever done it home and away. So it was a bit special for me. And it's, it's that perfect partnership of big man, small man. No offence, Bradley. But uh, it just worked. And it was it was a joy to watch. Every week was a joy to watch. And, and do you know the good thing about it as well, Bradley? No one mentioned the other family members who played football. It was just Bradley Allen. And I like that. Cause every yeah. time I saw you've been interviewed, and even at QPR programmes, don't, don't mention your family members. Nothing against your family members, but I just thought it would nice be nice for Bradley just to be Bradley. Do you know what I mean? But you'd always get asked, and you're fair play to you, never batted it away, and you always took it on. But did it ever annoy you? I mean, or just one of them things? Not really. It, it, it was more, I think, more an advantage for me, although there was a bit of pressure following, you know, father and brother, cousins to uh, to the professional game. Um, you know, that, that pre- presented challenges along its way, but uh, I, I felt it helped me, it helped sort of toughen me up because. There was some, um, you know, big big boots to sort of follow and um, and, and and sort of going into the game. It, it, it's it's a really cutthroat industry, as everybody knows. Um, but I think I think that helped shape me in in, in those early days um, as I started to develop at QPR. And funny enough, after that game, I think I think I had a post match interview for Match of the Day. I think it was with Stuart Hall. But as you probably remember. Uh, Finn, we actually followed that up the following midweek and we went to Swindon to the county ground and we lost midweek. Dreadful think, result. We played awful. That was their, their only home win of the season. Was that right? I think so, yeah. Did yeah. they score Did they score a penalty? I think they did. Yeah, I think they did, uh, yeah. If memory serves you right, they did the double overs. Yes, yeah, and, 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 and we possibly could have gone into, the, I think, the top four with a victory. Yeah, we, we, we were riding that high here yeah, at, at, at the Premier League. And now, ladies and gentlemen, and children and not children, sums up Queen's Park Rangers in one sentence by Bradley Allen. You go to the top of the hill, they bring it up and they kick it down the other fucking side rapidly. Which brings me on to what we're going to talk about now. I don't know. So, I mean, Sam, you, you, what's your thoughts on how things have gone the last few games with Fulham and Sheffield United and everything else? Are you disappointed do you think we've found where we people something people think we should be or do you think we overachieved how do you see it I think for a lot of the season we were probably running off the back of the last win which I don't think is a sustainable way to go like I feel like we won a game and we get into runs which we always did like I remember under Holloway a few years ago our season was we win six and lose seven then win six and lose seven and I don't think you can compete at the top like that because you need to you know, be able to win at your worst and our worst, which is now we are losing and consistently losing. And I think we've sort of been found out of it. Um, I don't think we were overachieving because I think the players that we had, um, you know, we have that ability, but probably only in our starting 11. I don't think we have the depth that Fulham have or Bournemouth have or, you know, the teams that will probably end up going up. I don't think we have that. And I think you need that. Um, and now, I mean, I'm not it, it, like the Fulham wasn't expecting anything, still felt bad. Sheffield United didn't expect anything, still didn't feel great. But we're sort of now not in a great place and it feels a bit more natural qpr So it's a bit of a shame that it's come to this. So, I mean, have, have you seen it um, from your seat? Um, it's a... 
it's injuries, it's poor decisions, it's it's been awful. <laughs> but um, the goalkeeper thing is is becoming a joke now. Um, I think losing Sally Dian was was huge because I, I, I week in week out he was making world class saves and keeping us in games. We lost that, and um, I don't know. That, it's it's very hard to pin, pinpoint one game, but it is God. It's depressing. <laughs> it's so depressing at the moment, and I can't see any way out of it. This is this is a thing. I'm going. We've got two games at the weekend, and I'm I don't feel confident at all. I don't think we'll get anything out of them to be honest with you, because uh, up front we're not doing it. Midfield we look lost, and at the back and we've lost um, lost another defender this week. Dicky. Yeah, and um, it's it's quite scary, actually, to see the way it's going at the moment. Do you hold anyone responsible for it, or do you think it's bad luck? Or just, no, as you mentioned, the it's, it's bad luck. I mean, Warburton's made some poor decisions sub-wise, and he seems to, looking at the squad he, he played for the last game, he, he seems to be just... He don't know what he's doing with the team now. He's just putting in random players. But I know his hands are tied a little bit with injuries. But um, no, no. Um, I, 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 the, the main point is injuries. I, I'm not going to blame Warburton. And I'm not calling for his head either. I don't think, I don't want him to go at the moment. I want to just see it out to the end of the season and just regroup. And um, as the cliche says, go again. No. Now, Brandy, I don't know what games you've seen, mate. And... I know you do your own jobs and you work on the radio and stuff, but how have you seen it from from whatever platform you've managed to watch it on? Well, I think from 2021, really, uh, Finn, I, I see progress, you know, games through COVID that I covered into this new season. I was really optimistic, you know, as we sort of built up to, to Christmas, matches that I covered, great results. There was some consistency developing, and, and, and I see a young side that was growing in confidence and turning into the new year. I was really optimistic, but I, but I had some caution with that because I always felt like so, that's, both guys have already highlighted, really, the lack of goals. You've only got to look at the goal difference column, the depth in the squad. And and I think, you know, where, where do you position? Where should we look at QPR at the moment? Have they missed a trick here? Have they missed a trick where they were in a really good position? They were cemented third or fourth for a good spell in this championship season. Did we not capitalise on that? Because sometimes, Finn, to get promoted, you have to take the chance and you have to capitalise when that opportunity comes along. Would would QPR, with what they've currently got, and Mark Warburton's got his disposal, been good enough for the Premier League and been immediately relegated? Possibly. But I think the more newer, the more current fans maybe would have liked to have seen them at a bit more of a go somehow in that transfer window, which they, you know, probably didn't do. And like Simon correctly says, they have suffered massively with some key injuries. So that that lean squad has been depleted further. And then the spiral of, of results. And and you you probably got to say on current form um and the lack of confidence with with within the group, you know, sadly we might we might miss out on a playoff spot this season, which I thought was achievable. Um, Sam, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, and what surprised me this season is that when Bradley rightly says when we, we were top, 
we weren't signing players who, whose contracts were due to be ending at the end of the season. I wonder if that's played a role somewhere. Players are a little bit like what, what happened last year with Angle Regal, where we got injured and then that was the end of it. I wonder if it's in their mind a little bit. They haven't re-signed. I think there's 13 players, is it? Something like that, they are out of contract. Do you think that's something to think about? Well, I mean, for like the one who comes to mind, I think Barbe is one of those players. And he's one of the main personalities I can imagine in that dressing room. He was the first signing. He seems like the one always barking out the instructions. And although that might be a case that, you know, they might just think, okay, one more season, then great. If they, if they can keep playing and keep winning for us, if anything, it's more motivation to get, you know, they will have fresh terms. The club will need them like more than if they had three years left on their contract. They can probably get a good personal boost if they actually do well for us this year. Um, and I think they should, there might be a struggle that they can't really look past the future and see where they're going to be. But it does look like they want to be at the club for all I can see. I mean, that back three that we've had, they've sort of solidified. They kind of became a sort of unit. And um, again, that might have been a problem with people like Sanderson, who are short-term players. But I think everyone in the squad has something to prove. We have a bunch of players who are all either young or they've had setbacks. Pretty much, we've got a squad of misfits, basically. So I genuinely think they all should be fighting as hard. And you can see Jimmy Dunn near tears every time we lose. Um, I think they care. And I think it's not enough. Like I said, I think we are winning off the back of passion, which isn't enough. And I think that sort of sort of crumbled down in the last few weeks. Simon, same question. Uh, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> what did you get? That lovely clash thing behind you. No, um, the, the question was basically, you know, should we have re-signed players and not let their contracts dwindle down to this stage of season where they maybe, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm not in the, by the way, I'm not in the know, I have no knowledge of this, but I'm looking back at Angel Rangel last season, we got injured and that was him finished. I wonder if that's in the mind, because I think, well, I've got a, I've got a um, sort of school out, I've got a sort of accommodation out, I've got a, and if I get injured, I'm gone, you know, I can't sign for anybody else. I wonder if that is played on the mind and we should have just re-signed when we were doing well. I don't know. I, I don't know. You, 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 the whole signing players thing is completely out of my league because you don't know what's going on. You don't know what the agent's doing. You don't know what the, the, the relationship with the manager is and the age thing. I mean, how old's Barbit now? 30s, um, or tw- 30s. The late 20s, early 30s. Okay, so is he... I, 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 I'm, I'm just, maybe he's looking to extend his one at QPR. Maybe I don't know. It's, and who's going to sign some of these players? I, a lot of them that are out of contract. I, I don't know. It's, this is really a, a, the whole signing players thing is completely out of my league because I really don't know how it all works. That's that's fair enough. Bradley, in the modern game, who? I mean, I asked you the same question, but I'm going to add a little bit onto it. Who's really responsible, as you understand it, for contracts? He says, is it the director of football? Is it the manager? Is it the board? I mean, how does it work? Because I know I'm old, and it was the old days, I was the manager. Yeah, most clubs, uh, and certainly, Finn, if you ask most managers, they want control of that. They they will ask their recruitment team, their scouts, uh, who, who, who take those positions, those roles, identify players. Um, they would, you know, come to... Uh, you know, uh, a, a, a more concrete decision, and they would then 
uh, proceed to to deal with the respective club and try to 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 get the services of that player via an agent and uh, contact the club and you know whether it's a transfer fee whether they're out of contract uh, uh, at the end of the season you know all of those things come into play I think I think the difficult that's a big number of players Finn thirteen mm. players um, and you know I know they signed uh, and had to um, you know a couple a couple coming in but I think the squad as well lack a little bit of experience. And I think as well with those experienced players, again, because of the financial hangover that QPR have been in for a decade or more, it comes with a commitment. You've got to pay them more wages and they want longer terms. So, you know, really, I, I see QPR still, sadly, and the fans won't want to hear this, still as a bit of a selling club. And those, and those mm. younger players, like with the departure of Eze, there's probably going to be another one that, that that may well be sought after. You know, it might have been, let's say, uh, Dickey. It might have been Willock if it had been fit in these remaining games that, that somebody somewhere might offer a fee. And because of the position QPR is still in, you know, the financial constraints, they might have had to sell. And, you know, you're not going to actually accelerate or improve enough to be even more competitive at the top end of the league, which all the fans you know, want to see that they're still at that stage. And it's it's really frustrating for any football fan to, to sort of see that. But as you say, Finn, there's there's some big decisions to be made as to what the makeup and how the squad is going to be uh, looking like come the summer, because I hope that it's Mark Warburton in charge, because I think he's done a brilliant job over the last 24 months in difficult circumstances. But he will want assurances, Finn, and he want to know pretty early who his players are going to be, his 18, 20, 22 players, to get a full pre-season into them. I mean, I think whatever happens, I mean, I'm, I'm saying 13, that's from memory, but I'm probably wrong. I'm usually wrong about these things, but I know it's, it's quite a lot of players. But when you were playing, Bradley, was it always in your mind, going into maybe the last five or six games, if you hadn't had it, going to deal, or did you just think, well, it's out of my hands, I've just got to play in the pitch and get on with it? Absolutely. Uh, there was competition for places. As you know, in my time, you know, we had four or five strikers and, and we were all sort of vying to play alongside Celez. And we knew that if you weren't in the team or if you was out injured, you had to work really, really hard to get that chance again. And, and, and I don't think, you know, QPR are quite at that stage with the depth of squad. You know, they've got some young players. They're dead keen. They're really eager. They, 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 they're trying to you know, gain more minutes on the pitch, but they haven't played 25, 50, 75, 100 games in the first team. When you start to get to that stage, they then as young players become more consistent and yeah. they pr produce a better level of performance. I think we're looking at George Thomas is, the, is, is a, a point in question. He's a young player, but he's not getting, I, I, he, he looks good. He looks really good. And I think he needs a couple of goals under his belt. And I think he'll fly, but it's he hasn't he's not getting the minutes at the moment. It's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, I've I went to Preston, I went to Sheffield United. I'm only saying I'm not saying look at me how great I am. I've spent my life in a flipping train, but I've been turning around to mates of mine and saying there's something wrong with this team. There's something wrong with the dynamics. There's something wrong with the the body line. Where it's just something's like gone off and just gone like sour milk it's, it's just it's just gone from from being in the and I think it was exposed when Fulham scored their first goal you know 
for the first time in a long time, I've seen heads drop. And we, one thing we used to say in the podcast, you know, Bradley, we said this quite a lot of the season. It was brilliant. We never knew we would be. Start of the season, we'd go one day and we'd fight. We'd come back in the game. We'd try and turn it around. I don't know if you noticed that, Sam, but the heads are dropping a wee bit now as well, aren't they? And that's that's always a wee bit of worry because you think, well, have you know? I'm not saying he's lost the dressing room. I don't know. I'm not saying, but to me, modern football is strange because you've got the manager, director of football, the boardroom. If they're all having this say, people get confused. Yeah, I mean, I think they were all doing one thing and it was working. We played the same football in every game that we won. Play around the back, put the wing backs, play it around the back, put the wing backs, put it in, someone would score, whatever. And then Cher and Willock, they'd do their thing. We had mm-hmm. one thing and we were doing it really well and it was working. So I think their confidence came from doing that one thing very well. So then we were doing that thing and it wasn't working, maybe because one of the cogs in the system was injured, even if it's Dieng, just having that assurance that the back's gone. Uh, one of the midfielders is gone. Willock's out for a week, chairs at AFCON, even though we were doing very well then. And we struggled to adapt. And I think we sort of lost confidence that the thing that we were doing that was working, it doesn't work anymore. And I have a slight suspicion that they probably don't know what else to do, which is worrying because... Um, I think it was that Clint Hill interview about Warburton when he was at Rangers, which is doing the rounds on Twitter again, where he said that Warburton just famously didn't really have a second, a second idea. He was very good at his first thing and he didn't have a second thing. Um, and he didn't do much defensive work or whatever, but I think it's kind of showing through that we're very good at one thing. And now we're worried about that, which is making our one thing good. And now we don't have a second thing to do to, recover and I think we're struggling from being so reliant on one system but I suppose on the off shot of that Bradley would be if that one thing was working from January to January I think we lost two or three games we didn't lose that many games you would stick at that or should managers be more adaptable um that's that's a that's a really good question And, and 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 I think the point where you know the 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 three four three formation or sometimes when it was slightly tweaked three five two I think it's worked largely pretty well. And there's a there's an understanding, there's a comprehension with the players, the passing sequences, that would have been worked on the uh, the training pitch. But but the modern day player, and I know there's experience, there are three or four within the squad who have worked with other coaches and other managers and at different clubs. Sometimes the newer player now, Finn, like they need a bit of help. Sometimes you have to say to them, you know what, we might need to change this at the moment and go to a 4-3-3 or play 4-4-2 and actually coach that and give give some of the players the solutions depending on the opponent that you're coming up against. And just maybe through a sticky run, a few defeats, you might get back another result, you get going again. And then you might be able to use that scenario for, for a future performance. And I think that's important as well. Some some younger players they they need that little bit of help and guidance from 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 time to time. Simon, uh, yeah, we've got we haven't got that many experienced players to to give them a guidance. Um, obviously the coaching staff and the manager can. Um, as in style of play, I think the loss of Willock is huge because most it, most of the full play went through him. Um, I'm not sure. I, 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 I don't know. It's a tricky because a lot of people are saying, and this goes back to the, like the recruitment last season, January, amazing. 
we got ticked every box and got nearly everyone right. This January, it kind of sadness and 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 Hendricks just this just hasn't worked some, has it? I mean, they've tried it and they've really tried it and they just keep trying it, but it's not happening, is it? I really wasn't happy with the with the window. It was really because you have a month to look at what you need and mm. then fill in those gaps. And it was pretty obvious what we needed because we relied on pretty much one person in each position. So if anything, we just needed cover in those positions, probably other than central midfield, where we had a decent selection. We had like four or five players. And Hendrik, he came in, what, after dead, after the deadline, even after that midnight, because it was it was so late or just before. Long, yeah. Um, well, he wasn't who we wanted. We, we, there, we were linked with loads of number 10s who we couldn't afford, which was a shame. And I think what we should have been doing is just, you know, getting some reliable players who, because he, he said as well, Warpson said, and he said it loads of times, that you can't win a league with a team. You have to win it with a squad. And mm-hmm. that has been the complete downfall of us. And I think we missed a, missed a trick. Maybe there weren't the options there for us. And maybe it's just unfortunate. But I think surely we could have, you know, thought more about it and done a bit better. Simon? Yeah, um, I think what didn't help... Uh, Hendricks, I thought, looked on paper, looked like a decent signing to get in. Um, and it really hasn't worked. It really is. He's been, to be honest, he's been quite appalling when he has played. Uh, and I don't know why that is, because he, he looks he looks a decent he looked like a decent signing. Um, and it, I, I them two signs and Dion as well. It seems to really upset the side um, in a in a negative way. Um, who knows what goes on behind the scenes and what the squad are saying? But it it just uh, the Don Ball. I mean Don Ball made a quote last week. Mm. Was it? about not yeah Twitter and he went he, I mean he went from quite a regular first team player and, he, and he's not even on the bench now and who knows what goes on back there but I hope hopefully they can sort it out we we had the international week where um I I think they, they papered over a couple of cracks but um it still hasn't sorted itself out so it's pretty much ongoing. I, I thought it was also interesting, Bradley, when Les made the same. Well, we, we were after a striker. We wanted a striker and he didn't get a striker. I could be misquoting, but it was along those lines. It was something like that. Then were you surprised we didn't get another striker in or were you yeah, surprised it was. it Yeah, I was. I think, I think you know, Char- Charlie Austin's sort of been used more as an impact player from the bench since the turn of the year. Unfortunately, you know, uh, Dykes maybe suffered a little bit having played in the um, the tournament last summer and in this second half of the season, he's fatigued a little bit and he's been susceptible to some niggles and with Willock missing as well, uh, chair away, you know, that, that therein lies your problem, you know, the, the, the lack of goals. And uh, I, I think as well, compared to the teams that are going to go automatic, you only have to look at, let's say, a Fulham and down the spine of their team you know, their key players, Rodak, Reem, Reed, Mitrovic, they play nearly every game. And look mm. at look at the return. And 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 for, for, for QPR at times, that that's that's changed um too, too, too often for one reason or another. Hence that's why we've had the uh, the, the the poor run of form. And it has been poor to be fair. I mean I've... it's it's kind of I, I can't remember Simon, you you're similar to me. 
we're we're vintage. I think they say. I just feel freaking old, but apparently we're vintage. But it's been quite a horrible collapse, hasn't it? Which is from the outside of having of not having that much hope, and then seeing the team play some great some great results going our way. Seeing the team playing some great football on a low budget, and did we talk ourselves out about by keep saying this? It's a low budget. It's a low team. We shouldn't be here. We're not expected to be here, but we just enjoy the ride. Do you think we talked ourselves out of it a little yeah, bit as well? Expectations were so high come December. And I think someone pointed out that we went from uh, one game where we could have gone second and 30, 31 days later, we were down in ninth place or something. Mm. A month, just a month. So it, it, a complete collapse. And uh, yes... <laughs> it's hard to watch, uh, but we the expectations weren't to go up this season, um, and we I, we're not obviously we're not good enough, and we haven't got the squad to do that. And if we did go up, it would have been um, it would have been scary next season. But uh, watching actually watching that Fulham team when they come down to Loftus Road a couple of weeks ago, there was a difference. They, they were just magnificent in every department. From forward line, midfield, and they they had another gear to step into, and which which we haven't. We I mean we we fluked some wins, we've won games convincingly, um, and we've lost convincingly. But to, that Fulham team just looked like they were going up, and they looked like a Premier League side. And there's the difference. Yeah, and then they got done by Coventry. <laughs> well, that's the championship. I mean, but they were good. They were so good. I mean, I think that's the thing on the day they were, they were just better than us. This is like Middlesbrough. I know we, you know, it wasn't the same result, but you know, there's certain teams you play like Forest and that, and you think they're better than us. They, 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 you know, especially Forest, it must be down to the last 50 players. And here comes a question for all of you. I don't know, Bradley, you don't have to answer because I know you, you, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, your you, you media size and things I get there, but you can if you want. Sam, so, um, stick a twist. Oh, with Warburton. Yeah, well, not me, because I'm not very good at managing. I'm not even very good at driving flowers around. <laughs> I would, I don't, I, I really don't want him to go. I really don't. I don't think it's going to help us. Um, I just think we have come a long distance. I mean, I know it was only, it was only, what, three, three years ago, but the football we were playing with the Joel Lynch era, as I think about it, it was just so, it wasn't football. It was just kick a ball really far and see what happened. And it was so, it was just, that was terrible. And I think we've become so spoiled with some of the brilliant performances the past couple of years that um, we forget where we were. And every year so far, even if we finished below where we were last year, we, no one can say we haven't made progress this season because we got to heights that we hadn't been at before. And I think we've now been there and I would give Warburton the opportunity to see if he's learnt from the downfall we've had. Because, I mean, if you want to, like, solidify your place there, you sort of need to understand how to do that. And I think it's all bit, been a bit trial and error. And I would give him the time. I think he's such a good, good, good... He's just like a good egg for the club. And we've been in such a rotten state for so long. I, I like him and I, I don't think we'll have, we can find, you know, a better manager at the moment. I would give him the time. Simon? Yeah, stick. Keep, keep him on. I, I, I can't see any good of getting in someone at this point in the season. Um, 
and regroup, as I said before, re regroup and go again next year with, with the same manager. Bradley, you don't have to answer it, mate, if you don't want to. No, I'm happy to to answer and I'd echo the same thoughts as, as both guys. I think I think Mark deserves longer. I think he deserves the opportunity to uh, to try and uh, stoke the fire of uh, of the players in the summer and um, some some new players coming in hopefully. And and I think although they've had uh, a brilliant owner and a very supportive owner uh, just along the road, another one of our West London rivals, Brentford. You know, a lot, they've got a lot to thank Mark Warburton for for some of the the infrastructure and the uh, the principles that he put into them, and then you know where they're built on from there. Um, and 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 certainly uh, Thomas Frank, I think, is a, a benefactor of that. So stick with Mark, give him time, and 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 let's hope. Although this season may well peter out, Finn. Uh, I think you know you've got to have the optimism, you've got to have the faith, and hopefully QPR can go again in the summer and for the new campaign. I think, you know, I almost thought you were going to say towards going to the new camp there. I thought, steady on, Brandy, calm down a bit. Give that a couple of seasons. Um, I think, for me, it's weird. I, I'm kind of seeing QPR, I don't know what you guys say, we're always talking about stability, we're talking about building, we're talking about recruitment, we're talking about doing things the right way and not panicking all the time and going back to the the manager in, the manager out, and this revolving door. And it's, I'm, I'm never sure if sacking the manager is always going to solve everything. And it could lead to more problems. They've got a hard choice to make, as in if they do do it, who they bring in. We're going to need a, a whole new list of players next season because some will go and be sold. Some will leave because they're under contract. And Warburton knows the players. He's obviously knows the players. But if you actually gauge on Twitter, Simon, as we do in Simon, I don't know if you're on Twitter, Bradley, you'd be wise not to, to be fair. Oh, but, um, <laughs> you know, we're kind of like... I was surprised everyone said stick, actually, because you go on Twitter and it's kind of like, especially after the defeats, it's it's brutal. It's just... The same people were saying, and probably myself included, months ago, give him a new contract, sign him up quick, it's all going so well, this is marvellous, we don't want to lose Wolverton, blah, blah, to next, right, get him out the door quickly. It's 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 so bizarre, and that's football. The fickle nature of football. That's just what football fans do. It is, Sandra. You'll get more people on on social media after a defeat than you will after a win. It's just the way it is. Some people seem to enjoy it more. Some. I've <laughs> always thought that was strange. It's almost like I've been proven right. We got beat 5-0. No, I told you we were shy. It's like, whoa, calm down. We shouldn't be, you know. And I thought the five was good. I mean, we've had players on the season for anyone who's the podcast, Jimmy Don, Albert, you know, there's some good lads in that squad and they do care. I mean, no one goes out to lose a football match. And as I say, something's happened. Something that, whether it's the new players coming in, has upset the dressing room. Has it been the chair's gone off the African nations and had his head turned by some of the players that he's playing with? And it's come like, well, I'm playing for QPR, but I want to be playing for somebody else new my money. I don't know, Brandy, but it just, it's, 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 do you know what? I think to sum it up, it's a shame. Do you know what I mean? It, it would have been nice to finish, even if it had finished just outside the playoffs, they keep that going and then they take it forward for next season. But then, Maybe that's because my expectations and our expectations were too high, Bradley. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 so tricky, isn't it? Yeah, possibly, Finn. What 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 have been the finishes? Is it thirteenth and ninth in the last two seasons? So they're they're on to equal that where they roughly are at the moment. Um, and the first one was sixteenth, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. so there, there has sort of been um, a plateauing, let's say, this season. Mm. But, but 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 I'm sure you know moving forward 
the, uh, the, 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 the fans will want to see a more competitive group of players at the club next season. Otherwise, um, you know, they're going to grow increasingly frustrated. But is it also fair to say, Sam, before Wolverton team, we were sort of bottom table all the time, more or less. We, we couldn't get out of that bottom set, could we? I mean, we were doing kind of the, the... We were playing the quality of football for that sort of level. I mean, we were nowhere... If someone had said in a couple of years, we'd be... At one point in the year, we could have gone second a few times. I think we would have been like that. I mean, that would have used some drastic change to get there. We were, we were not anywhere near the level that we're at now. And Warburton set a precedent for himself. So he's sort of been, you know, the victim of his own success. And I think um, now if we give him another year, he can then, he's now showed what he can do. And now I think he'll know that he has to, live up to that now because we can do it. It's in the squad. We've done it. So it's just about, you know, how we can get back out there, back there and not go back to being that lower mid-table side that we were. The trouble is, I mean, what I fear, and it's not QPR's the civil one, really. Prices are going to go up. Season tickets are going up. Everyone's getting affected by bills left, right and centre. So I kind of thought we wanted to finish the season quite high. So if they were putting season tickets up, they were going to, have a daft idea like charge 40 quid to go to Blue and White Bar, for instance, um, and things like this. They could kind of sneak it in through the back door, but it's it's going to be out there now and a whole new squad coming in again. Do you think that's going to worry a few people as well? Because you can't keep finding an extra 30, 40 quid, can you? It's it's hard going these days, isn't it? No, no. That, um, bills, everything's going up and I think season tickets will will suffer this year. Um, it's, a, it's a dear day out. It's, even at QPR, we've saying one of the majorly expensive ones. It is a, a very expensive day out. The idea of the club charging people to get into a bar it just blows my mind. Um, but uh, they, I suppose they've got to get their money in somehow. It's up to them. But who's going to buy them tickets to sit in a bar with about 15 other people? I don't know. It's crazy. But uh, I'll, be, I'll be getting a season ticket next year. Hopefully everyone else does. Um, oh, we got the, we got the safe standard as well now next season. Yeah. So um, I might pop down there for for a year and see see how that is. Anyone yeah, else? Sir. Are you going to stay in your seat or you or you moving? I'm old. Seat? I'm old, Simon. The old hips gone. You know the back aches. You know the days of standing in the loft and getting pushed down when the likes of Bradley scored a wonderful goal. Ooh, I don't know my age. I would like to, but. I've got a brilliant seat and I'm worried that if I, if I lose it, I don't get back because I've got leg room, which is a rarity. Really. So I don't know. I'll, I'll give it some thought and think. I don't think they're any cheaper, are they? So, Sam, you're young. You want to get down the front and do all that jumping up and down like the mosh pit, don't you? You'd think, but <laughs> I'm also pretty comfy with my seats. Um, oh, God, you're all before your time, man. Come honestly, on. I, I like to be leisurely while I watch my team lose. <laughs> <laughs> Bradley, what's it like in the press box? Is it all very nice and cosy? Which which sides actually? Um, we 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 were on the TV gantry for a couple of seasons, but um, but but more recently we've been uh, in amongst the fans in the Ellerslie Road stand, which is good. Nice vantage point. The only thing, a couple of the uh, the the supporting columns of that stand are in the way of of both the goals. So sometimes road experience you know, sort of. Yeah, look, look, look round the corner of the the common to see if the uh, column, and see if the ball has gone in. But uh, no, it's, it's good because it's great noise in that stand. And like 
with uh, a number of the uh, excellent home performances at the end of last year. Super noise, crowd really get behind the team. Uh, and, and, and I think that, that's just been disappointing for me because I've loved more than anybody as a co-commentator and, and having played for QBR, seeing them play well, Finn, and seeing the enjoyment of the fans and just just that, that vibe and the feel-good factor that, that, that we once had many decades ago. Because, um, you know, like, like Simon, I'm sure, would, 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 would like to echo, you know, that, those times we didn't cherish we didn't cherish enough. They were special days. Some of those games under the lights, the teams that we were going up against, we were fiercely competitive. And 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 the, and the noise inside that stadium, something special. Yeah, when it when it rocks, it really rocks. Uh, by the way, listeners, that's Snoopy making his whole season podcast appearance. Every episode, the dog has to have his say. I, I'm not sure if he said stick or twist. He's not very good with these things. As long as he gets a dental stick, he doesn't care. He, Grandy, you make a brilliant point. And I was thinking about this the other day, obviously, with the anniversary, sadly, of Ray Wilkins' death. I was amazed he wasn't called back into the England squad when he played for ages because they must have had some bloody good midfielders and they should have won a lot more because Wilkins, to me, and we watched Premiership football week in week out because it was on our own ground. It was way up there. It was, it was incredible how he was overlooked. Yeah, definitely. You know, we, we, we were blessed. The, the squad of players then, uh, to, to, to have him amongst us, the experience, the personality, character that he was, how demanding he was on all of the, the players, whether you were senior or you were a younger player coming through the ranks because he'd seen there and done it, but he did it right. He was a super professional. And, and maybe like at that time, you know, there, there were probably managers, wrongly so, um, by the press, by the tabloids, uh, players, that I think there's a documentary going out on Gaza, isn't there? Uh, about, you know, that media hype and all those challenges that he faced both on and off the pitch. Uh, Ray got himself sent off, didn't he, in an England game, I think it was, in a, in a World Cup. And, you know, maybe the press were never going to allow him to have another mm-hmm. chance of coming back uh, and being around it, regardless of how brilliant he was in that short spell at QPR, because... You know, he, he, he really was with the likes of uh, Simon Barker and Ian Holloway alongside him. He, 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 he was the velvet in our team and, he, and his quality, his technique was, was something special. I mean, it, 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 and he, was, he was picking passes around for fun as well. I mean, I think people forget that, you know, there's some of the passes were sublime. I mean, there's a game we beat Spurs, we absolutely played them off the park and Wilkins was just, it was, it's like he lost 20 years. You know what I mean, brother? He did, yeah, diving header. Wonderful goal. But it was, it was like, if you're thinking, my God, what would you be worth? Even at that age, he was still controlled. It's like, I sometimes think, I mean, it's like, I remember reading years ago, or QPR, you know, always a nearly team. It's like, well, I was quite happy being a QPR fan. We, we didn't fear anyone. We could beat people. We Don't forget, we summed up earlier on. We could always help teams out that were struggling by letting them beat us twice in one season so they went down and feel a little bit happier. But... I always felt, certainly with Thompson, we were maybe two or three players short of, of actually just being right up there and going forwards, you know. it's And maybe no European football didn't really help our cause either at the time, but we can't change that. And it's, it's, it's just sad because people like Sam, sorry, Sam, and I keep picking on your age, I don't mean to patronise you, and I, I suppose I have, but you haven't seen that side of it, do you know what I mean? You've seen that Premier thing where we went up and we weren't really like the team that Bradley was in. And hopefully one day, 
Do you actually say that? I didn't enjoy the last time in the Premiership to be fair, Sam. How did you see it? For me, you know, obviously, you've, you've seen Keeper in the Premier League. You must be looking forward to it. I mean, it was fun because that was I was probably just beginning secondary school when that was the case. And I've written about it in my programme columns, just how funny it was being the only non-Arsenal, non-Arsenal Tottenham fan and being the only one who was, oh, the championship, no one really cared. Um, so when we were in the Prem, it was like a nice little social boost to, you know, be on that level. But then again, we were losing to everyone every week. <laughs> so um, it was fun, but I don't really, this time around, want to go up until we can stay up because it's more depressing having that uh boost of you know doing so well this season for like oh yay premier league but then the novelty of having mo salah at loftus road wears off when he's scoring six goals in 10 minutes against you so i was ready i think that was when really scored but the weird thing is bradley go back so you know we're I often wonder what it was like in that dressing because you had like Ray as you said Mr. Professional and then you had a, a cubicle with smoke coming out of it which I'm sure there's a big Lord Northern Irish man sitting in there having a fag so it must have been some dressing room Incredible it was it was it was something else you know we we had um, players from diverse backgrounds Finn all different personalities but just in some way we we, 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 we come together we, we, we connected uh, both on and off the pitch. And it, and it were, wasn't all matey-matey. You know, we would, we would have scraps even, you know, when we were training and, 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 and we were fiercely competitive every single day. But I think those driving factors helped the team progress, succeed, and, and obviously have those lofty finishes, you know, uh, near, 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 near the, the top of the league. And, uh, and I think you need that. You, you need that. You know, sometimes you have to be prepared to sort of take some criticism on the chin, whether it's from the manager or one of your players, if you've let them down. And, and you did feel that personally, but you have to get on with it. Dust yourself down. There was always another game. Go again. And, and, and you you sort of, um, you know, have, have, to, have to sort of, you know, stick in there. And I, and I think I think what something I always remember, you know, the, the core of the group when we had the tribute game out in, in Ireland for, 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 for Macca. You know, we, we, we all started to, uh, to, to, to rock up. We were in the dressing room, the little dressing room at the, at the ground that we played at and, and the night. And, and you could have just rewound mm. 20 years. It was the same. There was Mickey taking going on. Uh, Simon, I think Simon Barker did a brilliant speech in front of all of the players to, to sort of try and remember what the occasion was. And, and, and the lads typically really respectful. And then when we were ready, we were all together and we went and, you know, had a, had a real great evening, you know, showing respect to, 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 to Maka in, 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 in the match that, that, that was laid on. And, and I think that sort of epitomised it for me, you know, um, and you speak to the, all the players now um, and the wonderful job Andy Sint has done with Forever Ours and a number of those players from that sort of era and squad and they and they rec- can all recall the same sort of stories and the environment that we were in. It was weird you said that. That was at Seaview Crusaders ground. Um, just for anyone who follows Irish League football, that was Seaview Crusaders. If you go across the road and go down the road, turn left, there's a much better ground called the Oval where Glen play. 
just saying. Um, it was weird. I, I sat in that ground and there was like a little glass bar. Ray Wilkins was in charge. You could tell the respect he had. He, he owned the room a little bit and he got everyone on the coach and stuff and everything else. And I'm just sitting there thinking, God, my, my heroes are here. And I, I actually still felt dumbfounded and, and couldn't speak, which is unusual for me. So then we did a live link up to the podcast while I was there. Uh, and it wasn't that I was absolutely pissed out of my head. That's the wrong thing to say because I wasn't. I, I was, I, I really had a few. And, um, Andy Evans took over and did it and he ch- chatted away about the, the moment because it was really emotional, wasn't it? Seeing Max family, being serious, seeing Max family and knowing how much this club meant to him. It was, it was a lovely thing you guys did for him, to be fair. And the amount of people that came over to play that game just shows you how popular he was and how much he was loved by the players. Absolutely. And, and, and we, we had, we had a, a host of players at, at that time and even ones that, that joined us and come in, you know, they, they had to quickly understand and, and, and buy into to what we were all about. But with the fan base that we had at the time, uh, as you said earlier in the show, Finn, you know, on any given day, we, 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 we were ready to give it a go and, and give teams a football match. And batter them sometimes as well. It's come to the R's end. Before we do predictions, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm terrified to do predictions. I don't normally get terrified, but this week I'm terrified. Um, and with good reason, because I, I watched Huddersfield last night and I was terrified. That's all I'm saying. So I'm going to start with you, Simon. Is there anything that you'd like to speak, QPR, non-QPR, anything that's on your mind? Uh, non-QPR? Well, yeah, we could go on to... Yeah, maybe maybe not. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're pro those old lefties, Simon. We could get hammered for this. Carry on. I'm not going down that route tonight. Um, do you want a prediction for the weekend? No, we're doing that later. If you got oh. no words in, that's grand. We'll go on to um, Sam. But it's just like you could give a shout out to anyone you, who sits near you or you think about or anything that's on your mind. But no, nothing. Well, I would just say that uh, to the our generation lot to stop, you know, get a bit more optimistic. We've had a bit of a scuffle the last few weeks on the chat, um, as you get so, um. Don't know. Can I just come in this, um, Sam? Yeah. Sam, how many years have QPR fans been doing this? The optimism, the depression, the optimism again, going up the hill, going down the hill. Sam, welcome. <laughs> it, 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 it eases after 35 years. That is, seriously, have you been finding that, Sam, that everyone's going to weep up very up and very down quickly after games? Yeah, I mean, the, the tw- I mean Twitter's a terrible way to... <laughs> Tell me about it. It's not not a good place. Um, but um, it's so bipolar. People, we win. Everyone's like Wolverton, build a statue forever ours, name a stand after him. We lose one game, and they're literally arranging people to go to his house. It's it's not a great. It's everyone's so drastic with their with their opinions. It's 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 quite frustrating. Um, but it, it's just everyone's very short term focused. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to maintain that optimism and it's very back and forth, especially online. Uh, yeah, Bradley. I, I think just try and keep the faith. It's, it's been difficult, I would say, for the last two, two and a bit months for QPR fans. But, um, you know, you've got, you've got to keep believing and you've got to hope. Uh, and, and how it has been in, in years gone by, Finn, as well, it has been better. It has been better, although more recently it's been tough. 
I, th- I think that uh, you know the, the 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 club now looks as if it's moving in a more positive direction. You know, hope hopefully they will get that training facility over the line as well, which which I think will be a, a big plus for the younger players, the academy, the coaching staff, and having a, a solid base to 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 work from and further develop some homegrown players from within, which of course takes takes more time. But but I am optimistic, and I, and I've actually for two thirds of this season, for the first time for many years, I've really enjoyed covering QPR and watching That's them play. That's nice. By the way, for anyone listening, I know Sam said bipolar. We know it's a serious illness, and we're not time playing it. It's it's just a, a reference he's using. Right. Um, mine ours end is is just I want to send the Dotty Dotty and her family, John and his wife and the the other kids. Huge love and support because they had a bit of a hard time, as everyone knows, with Dotty and everything else. And it's a great campaign they're doing there. And also the the, the, the stuff on Twitter, Sam. As I was on a thread with Bianca Austin, and it, was, it just went way, way, way dark. Way dark. Just talking to their wives. It's so odd. Um, oh, it was it's horrible. But that's not who we are. No, We're better than that. You know, I don't want to go like. All like Radio Five and stuff like that, there and, and and Chris, what's his name, Sutton. But we are better than that. We in the, the family's off ground and off limits. You know what I mean? And to me, that's just. I mean, did that ever happen to you, Bradley? Or you thank God you don't live in the modern age when you were playing? Yeah, the, you know this. This is with these platforms now. It's it's very tough for players and their families to uh, to have to contend and deal with with some of the the abuse that that they're having to receive i think i think some football fans are really uh, overstepping the mark and uh and and we, and we and we need we need better control on this uh, i agree it's it's but i think that's society as a rule you know it's just it's just mental right Simon mentioned it so we can flip and we'll go first we've got to do predictions now we've got to do Huddersfield away takes a deep breath and then Derby at home Simon uh Huddersfield away, nil nil, and then I think we'll win Monday. That's from my heart. My brain's saying something else, but I'm not going to bring that into it. You got to leave that in the room and lock the door. Just leave it in there. Yeah, just leave it outside. I hear you. I hear you, Sam. I think we will fight, and I don't know whether we'll succeed in that but um i'm going a one all with Huddersfield, and then i think we'll win against Derby. i think we're owed one um and i think that'll be the one two we're well, aren't we? yeah bradley what's your thoughts i think we might get beat at huddersfield they're probably going to get in the playoffs i two won that one um and although wayne rooney has done a very very good job and given derby a fighting chance I think they're probably not going to do it now with Reading picking up a couple of wins. They're going to run out of games. So I, th- I think that uh, we'll, we'll, we'll beat them at home 2-0. Uh, Excellent. Um, I watched Huddersfield against Luton last night. Good game. <laughs> There's be Bruce Forsyth moment there for everyone old enough to remember who he is. And um, I was terrified. They're, they're PSA, they're strong, they're combative, they're decent at the back. Um, so I'm going 4-0 Rangers. Um, <laughs> and hopefully by the third bottle of gluten-free beer that I've had by then it'll be a, I don't know I think, it'd be, I think a draw would be amazing 
And um, and I think on Monday we'll, we'll probably get a draw against Derby, but I'm hoping for a win. And then who knows, after them two results, what's going to happen to the club? It could be a change of everything. Who knows? Who knows? I just hope that the board hold the nerve and do what's best for the football club because it's very easy to panic. It's very... Eh? How many games have we got left? Do we know? Um, yeah, we've got, hang on, we've got Stoke away. We've got Derby at home. We've got um, Huddersfield away. Swansea away and then Sheffield United at home. I think that's how it is. Have I missed anyone, Sam? You young. Yeah, I think that's it. So, yeah, so I mean, this, this is, we're not going to make the playoffs. It'd be, unless someone decides to have that, or three or four teams decide to have the month from hell and give us a fighting chance, in which case we all we need is one goal to get in there. We all know what's going to happen. So, it's probably best we don't go down that road. Um, but yeah, I just hope they, they, they kind of do what's best for the club and don't panic because. I remember the revolving door under the old board with um, Palladini and Flavio and all that. You didn't even know who was going to be the manager for the afternoon, never mind for the flipping week. So we'll just have to wait and see. Anyway, there's nothing we can do. It's out of our hands. Club will make decisions and they'll, they'll, they'll live by them and, and go forward. I mean, that's, that's the way football is, but just think of the club and go forward with everyone. And um, to everyone going to Huddersfield. Now, this is, this is a, I should have been this to be saying. What a joke. Again, Sky, 5.30, no trains, no nothing. It's just ridiculous the way this is going. And Sheffield United being moved to a Friday for the last time given the season, which is really special for a lot of kids. And everyone tonight, make it a Friday night. Oh, I don't know, just mm. another club says there's nothing they can do, but come on, it's just killing the fan base and yeah, it needs to stop. Nine, is it nine Saturday, three o'clock games all season? At home? Mm. Out of yeah. Home? Whatever it is, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. But also, it has a it has an effect on gates. It has a an effect on the score. I don't know. I, I just find it really upsetting that kids aren't going to get a chance to say goodbye to the team at the end of the season because you, you know they're going to do a pitch invasion that time of night, and it's just it's just sad. It's just been like the season. They will just go turn around and go home and come back next season and we go again, as everyone says. Right. This has been the podcast. This hopefully mildly cheered a few people up, and hopefully we've we've explained a few things and people understand where we're coming from. But we just won a couple of QPR wins. We'll come back in next week and then we'll see where we are from there. Bradley, do you know what? It's always an absolute pleasure to see you, to have you on the podcast. Um, you're an absolute gentleman. Thank you for your time. I can't thank you enough and I do really appreciate it. Thanks, Finn. Thanks, guys. Uh, love doing it and look forward to coming back on again in the future. Cheers, pal. No worries. And, and Simon, keep taking those photographs of early morning London, man. It's it's just cheers my weekend up something wrong. I've got, I've got, I was sitting there going like, I, I know that, you know, I've seen that from a doorway at three o'clock in the morning when it was out for me golf days and whatever. So keep doing that. And thank you for coming on, mate. I really do appreciate yeah, thanks it. Very, thanks very much. Sam, brilliant. As always, you're going to come on more often because us old fogies are going to be on a walking stick soon and talking absolute <laughs> gibberish even more. So thank you for giving us some of your time as well, mate. And good luck with the Irish generation. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant thing you're doing with that, by the way. Yes. And I hope it, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. No worries. Come on, you always. Let's have six points. Thank you very much. And beat Huddersfield. Thank you.